Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. We're back. God, that, that music still... It's spooky. What a great... There it goes. The shark just drifts off. What's up, Canoe? Not much. <laughs> Here we are, Friday the 13th. It's been a long day. Tail end of the day. Putting a few pods in. Celebrating not the end, not the end of the world today. Pushing everything off until tomorrow. And you were listening to the soothing tunes of Howard Lindsay. Panic with friends. And I've got one of my best buddies coming up who's one of the most salt. Well, he's a mean motherfucker, but uh, miserable <laughs> fuck. He's the Larry David of San Diego. Oh, oh man, his laugh is the best. This is what I've been waiting for. Because him and I, whew, if, to get, if when you see us together, Peter and I, you're like, they can't be friends. You guys could be on topic at all. He's just going to be jokes. I, we, I don't know. We, we'll we can't be friends. But at the same time, <laughs> we could have the same mother. That's how weird life is. Anyway, so we're going to be calling Peter Cardassus. We don't know what he does. He's not a nice guy. He's old. He's typical American. Fox News on all day. and But one of the nicest people of all time. And he's got two daughters. So uh, the world, the, uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. We don't have a sponsor. So this week, I had one of our portfolio companies write something for us. So here we go. This episode of Panic with Friends is brought to you by Koifin, one of Social Leverage's great portfolio companies. He didn't have to say great, but portfolio companies. <laughs> if you want to track and analyze what's happening in the current market turmoil, Koifin is for you. It's a web-based platform that you can appify that lets you analyze stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, and other assets all in one place. I use it every day to track the market, and I think if you try it, you will make it your own too. Koifin has a ton of high-quality data, powerful functionality, and a clean interface. The best part is it's free, although the VCs say, like me, say, let's charge. You can sign up at www.koifin.com. That's K-O-Y-F-I-N.com. Let's get Peter on the phone. All right, call Him and I have panicked together more than anybody. Hello? There he is. PC. What's up, man? <laughs> Hide the weapons. I think I think I have I think I Well, I said I was saying earlier the the Lord works in mysterious ways. So yeah. Well, that, that, that's that's. Uh, Why are you coughing? No, I just I just feel a little under the weather now. You know, I, I, especially after speaking to my daughter in L.A., who's in an absolute panic. No. I mean, you know. Oh, we got the music. Knut's got the music. You've met Knut. I did, yeah. Yeah, hey, he's a Knut's our producer. Uh, so you? wait a minute. Good. What's what's the matter with your daughter? Well, I mean, she's in L.A., and she says that everyone there is in a frenzy. And uh, my, my my wife was going to uh, go up and visit her, oh. and she said, no, don't, don't visit me. I might have been exposed, you know. She said that every store is jam-packed with people. She's been told, you know, she works at Paramount, and... Uh, She's been told uh, not. I, I'm sorry. She works at Universal now. 
Um, she's been told not to go to work for two weeks. And, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it's just people are in a frenzy. And same with my daughter in New York. I don't think the rest of the country is like that, but New York... Phoenix is not like that yet. I think today, I mean, listen, the president went on uh, and basically flipped and said, you know, it's a national emergency. So what do you think? people listen to that stuff. Like the, right, both, right. both sides are now saying national emergencies. So yeah, people are flipping. Like Phoenix last night, Peter, was like packed, the sushi place. Like I may have the yeah. virus too. Uh, yeah. Alan's pissed at me for taking Rachel out for sushi, but uh, I made my chef wear like two sets of gloves. So we should be okay. <laughs> so what'd you do today? And is, is it raining in California today or no? Yeah, it was a shitty day. The sun's just coming out now. But, but uh, I mean, it was a lousy day. And uh, so it was a good day to stay in and watch the markets. So, All right. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. Start. It was, uh, you and I, I, I was telling people before we, uh, in the intro, uh, you'll have to wait and listen to it and decide for yourself how mean I was. But uh I was saying it's you and I chat about this stuff all the time, so it's fun to have you on this panic with friends. There's about twelve episodes. So you made the cut. You made the cut. There's, wow. some, there's some big people. You're the poorest person on the list, but uh, one of the wisest. So um, probably one of the oldest too. Yeah, and you wear the most baby blues of anybody on this list of uh, people. So, <laughs> so Peter. Tell people, tell the StockTwits community, because you've been banned from community, social communities all over the internet. Uh, tell uh, people, he yeah, has. Twitter's blocked him. Twitter, how, how long was your penalty box on Twitter? I, I, I was in the penalty box, I think, 48 hours on 48 Twitter. Hours. I've been, I've been I mean, I think that's the coolest thing that you've ever done, but yeah, you've done well, some I've other been, cool things. I've been blocked by some good, some big people <laughs> over there. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, what, Peter understands the web. As a 70, 75-year-old man, how old are you? 92. No, how old are you? <laughs> you're my oldest friend. You're my oldest friend. Yeah, 65. You're well You're well positioned for 65. It's because of the uh, CBDs. But, Peter, tell people a little bit about yourself. You're retired, but you trade, and you have uh, a few little scams going on on the side. But what- Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I spent most of my life as a, as a physical commodity trader. I know. So cool. I, I, that's and I lived in Asia for several years and uh, lived in China in the early 1980s before China was popular. And I rode a bike to work every day and uh, started trading metals with the Chinese just as their industrial the revolution. Just, yeah, just just as they're and we're going to get into that. So because uh-huh. no one's seen more panic than you. I mean, just you getting on a bike in China is panic. That was it'd be panic today. Back then, the roads weren't that busy. But uh, it was interesting. Busy. But uh, today it'd be it'd be oh, scary. Yeah, it'd be but, scary. Uh, yeah. So, so you know, you've paid I, your I dues. You've paid your mm-hmm. dues for America in your own way. You've paved the roads to connecting the world and the metals boom. Um, and then, so what was the name of your firm? It's a legendary firm. Well, uh, yeah, it, it was called Mark Rich, which later became uh, Glencore. Did they change the name when he went to prison, or did oh, they? He, he actually never <laughs> went to prison, thanks to the largesse of Bill Clinton. Yeah, on his last woo, day. Woo, of, woo. Hey, who won the prize? He said Bill Clinton. How long did it take him to say Bill Clinton? Oh, um, oh I, let me see. Seven minutes and seven minutes. Seconds. I won the over under. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You led me into that. <laughs> I, I could have led you in in five minutes. I had the f- over five minutes, so I've been waiting on that. I was like, yeah. reel them in. All right, so Mark Rich. People t- tell people a little bit about Mark Rich. What an interesting cat that Mark guy Mark Rich was. is probably one of the most uh, fascinating, yeah. you know, um, 
uh, he, traders, yeah, yeah, businessmen. traders, but but he was more than just a trader. I mean, he he totally revolutionized the oil business, and um, you know, it was before he was involved, it was controlled by the seven major oil companies, and he came in and started trading spot crude oil. And then when the oil shock hit in the 1970s, when the Arabs started embargoing oil, he started um, picking up cargoes and, and trading them on a spot basis and making huge amounts of money over a short period of time. How did he have the insight? He obviously was a trader. He was trained as a trader. How did he even have that yeah, insight? Yeah, he, he was trained. He was a trained as a trader. There was a the, the the granddaddy of all the trading companies was a company called Philip Brothers, and Philip Brothers. Where were they based? Uh, they were based in New York, okay. and um, Mark Rich started in the mailroom, which was the place where they all got started. And uh, he never graduated from NYU, and he uh, he caught the eye of a couple of traders there that looked like a smart, opportunistic dude. So he uh, he went to Bolivia and started trading zinc and tin oh, in Bolivia. When he was in his early twenties, and uh, from there he started trading metals and started seeing an opportunity at oil and and just basically invented the spot crude oil trading market along with a couple of other guys but i mean he he, he really he really was a a pioneer and um made it he made a lot of money and got into a little bit of trouble in the united <laughs> states <laughs> and that little bit of trouble let's wikipedia that quickly but my, what was the what's your version of a little bit of trouble well the little bit of trouble was that there was a um there was a law that was passed. Oh, those pesky laws! <laughs> Which was a really stupid Pshaw. law actually, during the <laughs> during the Carter administration, where they classified two different types of oil depending on when it started being produced, and one of them had a fixed price, and then the the other oils that were being produced was a free market price, and the fixed price was much lower than the free market price. So what what he and a few other people started doing was they started taking the old oil and selling it through a daisy chain of brokers <laughs> and reclassifying this new oil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just basically... Uh, details, it, details. It, it, yeah, it, it was... <laughs> it was uh, you well know, sort of arbitrage, yes. regulatory arbitrage is what I'd like to call it. Yes, you, know? you would like it, to call it that. It, it was, a, it was a and, then, and then he traded oil with Iran when um, we had some issues with Iran in the late 1980s. But he did that through a foreign subsidiary, so he act technically didn't break any U.S. laws. Of course he did. But, you know, he, um, he became a scapegoat. Rudy Giuliani went after him and started making, making – he was one of the first guys that Giuliani really started attacking. Right. And, um, you know, before my time, I, so this is in the 90s. Well, early, oh. earlier than that. It was the 80s. Okay. It was uh, – yeah, you, you were uh, – you were a mere boy. I was time. wearing bell bottoms and some flannel shirts at the time. Hopefully, smoking a few doobies. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a patch at that time in my life. I was wearing an eye patch. Not the lady. Not the lady grabber I am today. So he so fled. <laughs> he fled the United States. And um, oh, he fled the United States, which all honest people do. Yeah, he fled the United States because he felt like he wasn't going to get a fair, uh, a fair shake in the United States, and right. he ran his empire from uh, Zug, Switzerland. Wow! And um, you know, he was wanted by Interpol, and there's some interesting stories about how he was in a restaurant. He had to crawl out a bathroom window <laughs> to escape this Who? relentless Interpol. I've done that with Ellen. I've done I that with Ellen at dinners with you. <laughs> Make a movie about this Alex guy. Goes, what? Oh, I thought you liked a, Peter. Why are you leaving through the bathroom? Movie. Yeah, this guy was that. unbelievable. And then he got he pardoned by Bill Clinton. He got pardoned by Bill Clinton. 
an easy, easily a six part Netflix series could be done on this right. guy, you know? And, uh, and you so know, he started your firm, right? He started the firm. He started the firm and it was named after him. And in 1994, the employees bought him out and renamed the company Glencore. G L E N C O R E? Yes. Yeah. Which stands for global. Oh. Global oil resources commodities, something like that. I, 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 one okay. testicle, one one testicle, <laughs> Willie. <laughs> so, uh, oh my God! So, yeah. so Glencore is like the Goldman Sachs of commodities. People don't know that, but I, this is like you're, this is some serious pedigree that you have. That firm, oh, is, yeah. that firm is right, just right. like yeah, the so, Goldman Sachs. So, you know, it, 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 it's offices all over the world. And, yeah. and um, you know, basically we made our money off of information and having the information before other people. Sure. But um, you had way yeah. more physical risks than traders today. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, sure. Because we had to ship it. We had to uh, store it. We had to uh, take credit risk oftentimes with customers in, in order to complete the transactions. Yeah. So, you know, it was financing, uh, logistics, customer um, support, trading. Customer support, you know, gunsmanship. There's some stories about ore stockpiles being robbed at gunpoint Oops. in the Philippines. Yeah, Oops. but uh, I mean, I I can go on and on about yeah. it. But you know, it was a good training, and it was a good way to understand uh, all the nature of business. And and you know, the first rule of thumb that I learned that many Ooh. people just don't learn is, uh, you know, you got to get paid. Gotta and, get um, paid. Let me write that down. You know, that, 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 that's the number one rule. You know, you can get everything right. If you don't Canute. get paid, you, Wait a minute. You Canute from Norway doesn't knows nothing about gotta get paid. They got oil money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> gotta wait for the check. You know what they know in Norway? Gotta wait till the end of the month. Well, the check's yeah. gonna be smaller now as of last of uh, this week. <laughs> oh, good point. So so gotta get paid. I love that time. Okay. Gotta get paid, you know? And um that was that was something that you learned early, early on. And, um, you know, so I've seen, I've seen a lot seen of a few panics. panics. Yeah. I've seen panics, you know, I saw the 1987 panic. Um, and that was very interesting because there was a commodity company called car, which is still in existence. Call, call who? Car, 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 Cargill. Cargill. C- yeah. C- yeah. They have some of the richest guys in the United States. Sure. If you look at their list, there's like eight family members that are in the top 30 or something, you know? Wow. Wow. And, um, they were primarily grain traders, and they had started this um, metals division, and they got a guy that um, over-leveraged himself in copper during that crash in 1987, and he had to sell out at the bottom, and we and a couple of other guys bought bought uh, bought his stockpile. And um, I, I learned at that early time that these panics ate the best buying opportunities. I mean, it sounds obvious, but you know, it, it, it's um, it's something that's that's really apparent after you've done it that with, they were some of the greatest buying opportunities. Because when you're doing it, they don't always seem like they might be the best buying opportunities. Sure. So you know, so you know. So that was one of the great ones. That was that was copper. a big one. We we got we got not you know, and uh, at that time I I was still working for with another metal trading company that doesn't exist, Associated Metals and Minerals. That was before I joined Mark Rich in the early 1990s. But uh, that was a that was a big big win. And then and then um, you know, there's been other crashes and other panics, and you know, there's been. Do you remember the first time you panicked? Um, I I probably panicked when I when I uh, went into. Uh, High school. <laughs> no, about trading, about an investment. 
when you did something really dumb and sold or or, or just panicked on it. Oh, the there's been so yeah, there's been. Do you remember many, the first one where it was just so embarrassing? I yeah, I bought I bought an intermediary product called Blister Copper, and um, I bought it way too expensive, and the market started coming off very quickly, and I couldn't sell it. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't like a stock where you could just hit the button. I had to call people and, and try, <laughs> try to try to try to sell the metal, and and you gotta you gotta you gotta keep your voice very modulated, and you, you can't show that you're freaking <laughs> the fuck out, you know. <laughs> oh my God! So, and but, were you uh, working for know, Mark Rich at the time, or was no, your... no, I was working with uh, Associated Metals. And so, Metals. who was gonna take the loss there? Like you had a like well who was going to scream at you who was going to get paid who 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 oh, were... my, my my boss was up my ass I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what are you selling it what are you selling it you know I yeah mean, he'd was, be just yelling was, at you while you had two phones in your head so so you've yeah. got to get rid of this blister copper and what does that even yeah. mean blister copper it's an intermediate product before it's the final refined product of copper so, so it's really copper. specialized very specialized niche product and um, I learned then that you don't necessarily want to have things that are hard to sell in a bad market you know oh. uh, you know it's uh, sounds it, obvious it, in hindsight if I had pure copper cathodes that I could have just put on the exchange it would it would have been easy to get rid of it but this was something that there was a possibility that I couldn't sell wow. and um, you know it was uh so you trying. finally hit the bed and you lost a lot yeah, of money. Hit the bed and that, and that's and that's the second big uh, lesson I learned in trading. First, the first big lesson is get paid. The second one is the first loss is usually your best loss. Ooh. You know when you when you've got it when you've got a losing position, you you get you get rid of it as quickly as possible because uh, you know it usually only gets worse. It does usually, especially in a fast market. It yeah, just, it just. Usually gets worse. Yeah, it's ten. Brad Bell was just saying, ten dollars stock goes to five. Can't hope it goes back to ten. You got to assess the situation yeah. at five. Right, right. So yesterday I had a little moment of panic. I, I mean, we I, did, I, but we, we—that's why we have panic with friends. We chatted all week, and we kind of knew right, there was a panic. Right. And last night we were chatting. You were talking at church, and he was kind of saying that we were, we were getting kind of the silly time. Oh yeah, he he was he was He's pretty much bullish. right on, yeah. on the chart points. Yeah. yeah, he was pretty right. He said S and P twenty one hundred or thereabouts was a major major support, and he he was going to start. But I don't I, I didn't talk to him today whether or not he really got the chance to buy very much. No, but he could but, buy all uh, morning this morning. You didn't know until the market wanted obviously Trump to say something, yeah. just to cave, and he caved. So we don't know if that'll last very long. But uh, it was some relief. Yeah. It was it was some nice relief today. It lasts through the weekend, you know, and then yeah. there'll be another another thing. I mean, the grind continues over. next week. It's yeah. we're not through it's the not woods. It's not over, you know. Yeah. yeah, and that's the other thing we're saying about panics. They they subside, but now you got to deal with the shit. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the ultimate panic, but that was pretty big panic. Do you remember something like this, like the oil panic? Okay, so talk about the oil panic last weekend. That was the. So uh, even more panic over the weekend. That was that was an absolute manic panic. That you, was, uh, I, you said you've never seen something like that in commodities. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, oil dropped twenty five percent, twenty percent, twenty something percent, twenty five over the weekend. Yeah. You know, when you couldn't even do anything. You know, I, I mean, that was the perfect storm. You got the coronavirus, which freaked everybody out and was freaking out the markets. And then you had the Saudis and the Russians, uh, you know, basically shooting a, a guided missile at the U.S. oil patch. Um, but it was kind of a bottom in oils, is what Chris Kimball was just telling me. The oil reversed this week. Is that true? Or 
I, I think I, I think we've seen. I, I mean, you know, uh, they'll use the old. No, but there's some signs of a bottom. Tell. Yeah. 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 Definitely, there's signs of a bottom. It seems that thirty dollars is a pretty tough number to crack. Um, you know, Trump announced today that he's going to buy up stockpile. And, yeah. Uh, What's a better you know, trade than a, Bush, who is do, buying it at one twenty? There's some rumors that you know, there's a, there's this act called the Jones Act. Which basically um, makes only um, U.S. flag carrier vessels um, being able to move oil from one point to the other point, huh. and uh, and um, you know that that's why it's cheaper for California refineries to import oil from Saudi so Arabia yeah. than it is to bring it down from Alaska oh, because. Because we could only use U.S. flag vessels to bring the oil into Alaska, and uh, and, and um, those rates are much more expensive so than ridiculous. the free rates. Yeah. So if if Trump will waive that requirement, then we'll be able to ship our own oil from Alaska into the California refineries at much cheaper freight rates, huh. and that will that will be good for for the demand. And then and then there's other rumors that he may declare a, a 10 percent duty on imported oil. Which will also prop up domestic oil, and then and then, and then you know, let's not forget that we have a lot of influence over Saudi Arabia in terms of weapon sales. I would hope, and, and uh, you know, I think I think you know, after this initial fight between the Russians, it's a macho fight. You know, I think Pompeo should be able to say, "Hey, look, if you keep this up and target our people, um, we're, you're not getting the latest and greatest in our missile systems the next time we come around. We'll give you some of those blister and, missiles instead of the regular yeah, missiles. Blister, <laughs> you'll get some blister. missiles. That you, you'll just get some blisters. The, we'll, get, uh, we'll, get, we'll sell them the duds, you know? Yeah. So who's the best trader you've ever seen? I mean, you're Mark good, Rich. but... Mark, Mark, oh, Mark Rich. Now, was yeah. he really trading, or was he just an entrepreneur? Like, was there no? He, was there risk he, he, ever in what he did? Oh yes, okay. so lots of risk because yeah, he had to take down of, supplies and stuff. Yeah, he, he you know, the, the reason why there was a middleman is because oftentimes the markets were either um, in yeah. the, you know short or 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 oversupplied. Right, and so, so he, he had, had to take the, the risk. He was yeah, the yeah, he was great. And 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 the thing about him is he um, was a very quiet man. Mm-hmm. He um he he was not a, a bragger. He um listened more than he talked, mm-hmm. and um he was a great absorber of information. You know, Obviously. and uh, yeah. And so, but, was but, he but, one of your mentors? Did you get to spend a lot of time with him? No, I didn't spend a lot of time with him, but I I, I did spend time with him. Um, I spent time with another guy in uh, Stanford, Connecticut, who was a great copper trader, and he was a mentor of mine, and um he's. He's now just managing his own accounts and, and looking at the markets. But and things have changed, you know. They really have, but it's just fun to listen to you talk about copper, like because you'll still know exactly everything going on in that market. It's like a, like well, it's like a talking yeah. about something that I don't even know exists. You know, and people talk about Doctor Copper and yeah. copper being the gauge for inflation, um, for economic activity, and things like that. And, and to some extent, that's true. It's 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 more dominated by what the Chinese do. And that's why I, I always look at China. Now, what I've done is I, after I left Glencore in 2001, I started a, uh, a, a, a small company with uh, another ex-Glencore trader who lived in China and ran all our metals business over there. You met him, Crazy Lewis. Oh, and, uh, How's and, his makeover um, coming? Did he have a good Oh, week? he's... <laughs> he, looks, he looks at least three weeks younger. <laughs> well, that's just the eyebrows. 
I mean, so so t- he lives over in Mongolia. He's been stuck in the U.S., right? Is he still at your house? Yeah. No, he's not at my house anymore, but he's oh. at his daughter's house about two miles away. So he came and he, and, and uh, CDC's kept him here? Or he decided well, he, to stay here? No, he, he can't get back. Right. Mongolia is close to all all internal and outgoing. It's, it's it really like is amazing in- that as an American, once you live in Mongolia that long, he really looks Mongolian. It, well, <laughs> the, the, those <laughs> Sid told him that. And, no and way. Sid, that's why Sid, Sid wanted Sid prepared this whole makeover plan for him. You know, so and funny. She, and, and she got the, the eye bags have been decreasing. He's starting to look American. You know. Oh she wow. Dressed, she got new clothes. For him. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> And was he? He's probably not happy about it. He doesn't care. No, he's 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 actually. I think he's actually enjoying his time oh, in the United States. Good. You know, good, I think good. this might be the longest period of time that he's been in America in decades. And so he's a great trader too, Lewis. He's he's. Um, I I would say that what Lewis is more than a not necessarily a great trader, mm-hmm. but a great ferreter of information hmm. that helps traders do their best work. I mean, he's able to, uh, because of his incredible language abilities, he's able to uh, speak Chinese. He speaks Mongolian. He speaks Japanese. He's able. He is able to. Uh, That's his edge. Yeah, his superpower. Yeah, build can... build up local contacts. You know, you know where where he doesn't have to speak English, and where people feel more comfortable speaking their own language. Right. And he's very good at it. He, he's he's incredibly good. At it. He's a great. Um, relationship person and so the two you have your own uh, trading business no we have our own trading business we have a, we consult for a couple of uh smelters and mining companies and uh only a we, couple of them are doing prison i love that <laughs> has that guy ever surfaced again who, who's that the chinese guy <laughs> is he coming to prison yet or that's no, you haven't heard from him. We're, we're not talking about that. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. So, how did you end up? Because you're smart. You you also just get the whole technology thing. So you ended up going to San Diego. You got two daughters. One's in New York. One's in LA. So you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of you kind of get it. You you follow the sun, and it's surprising that you're paying the taxes. So you're in La Jolla, mm-hmm. and uh, do you think anything could ever move you out of La Jolla? Um, yes, eventually the crazy Democrat uh, government in, in California could eventually piss me off enough to get me out of here. But where do you but go? I, where do you go? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I looked at every place in the world in the United States. Yeah, because Phoenix, Phoenix, there's no baby blue. You can't. You come over this border, even though you're a Republican. You come over here with that baby blue, we'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> there's real men here. There's no, there's no, I don't think there's a better place. And you lived here for a while, and oh, I think you probably agree. You know, yeah. there's no, no better place than San Diego. You know, the weather's great. Uh, it's a nice laid back atmosphere. We don't see the panic like in LA or New York yet on this right. Corona thing. Oh, I, so you don't happen. see it, and in, in no one's wearing no, a mask in La Jolla. No, 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 no one, no one. I haven't seen one mask. Have you seen a mask here, Canute? I haven't seen one. I have seen a few. Yeah, you seen a few in yeah. Scottsdale? Huh. Really, you have? I've I haven't seen, seen one. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very few, but you know, two or three of them. In the but last you haven't week. seen one in La Jolla, Peter? No, 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 not, 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 no mask. But you, you've hoarded some stuff. You must have. Sid's probably out hoarding stuff. You know what I did do? We we went got some to cash. the bank and got some cash for the weekend. Can you give us your address one more time? <laughs> 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 I'll give it later. <laughs> <laughs> for all the Uber place. drivers that have ever given you one star, this is payback. Yeah. The, uh, 
I'll look it up right now. <laughs> so, yeah. what do you recommend to people who panicked this week, or what? Do, what do you think? Uh, is there anything that you you train some young traders? What do you obviously don't get into trouble, right? First loss is best loss, but yeah, good luck first with that. loss. First, but first yeah, loss but like you loss. know that people don't do that, yeah. and then got to get paid. Well, we know people don't do that. So, what do you? Is there any tips? You know, that, I, I I think when I panic, I try to panic small. So if I, if I feel like I have to sell something, I, I sell small quantities. I, I, I don't, you know, sometimes you feel like you need to do something uh-huh. and when, when, when you don't really know what to do and you feel you need to do something, do something small. Yeah. Don't make a big decision, you know, yep. don't, don't try to be a hero. And, um, you know, I, I know myself and I know that I don't have the constitution to ever be one of these guys to go all in on anything at any time, you know. And, um, nor am I the type of guy that's generally going to take a big loss. Yeah. So, except for know, that one company, Barnes and which, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody, that's well, not that, that, that big, that, that but it's just fun. All my instincts, all yeah. my instincts. You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. never, I never try to be a, a long term investor. Oh, in, my in Lord. Instincts. It's a comedy. It's like Larry yeah. David meets small cap. By the way, it's probably the third lesson. Don't ever turn a trade into an investment. Oh, you know? God, I like that one. Don't, don't let, don't, don't. It's okay to let an investment become a trade, but don't do the opposite. Yeah. No. Y- y- yeah. It is so, fine yeah. if you put something yeah, on right. as a trade. Correct. If you put something on Correct. as an investment, it goes up 80%. You can take it Correct. as a trade. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, if you buy, but if you buy a trade and you start, you know, you don't Rationalizing the it. second rule. The first rule is get paid. The second rule is uh, first, first loss, loss is best the best loss. The third l- 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 rule is if you haven't done first loss, best loss, don't turn it into a fucking investment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it helps to have someone just yelling at you every. I mean, in the end, it does help some. How, it that old trading system where someone was just chewing your ass out worked. Your pressure is a, a strong motivator. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think for these kids trading, it's like us. We have their social networks, and we get these nodes where we can call smart people i mean you've been blocked by all the smart people so you have to call me but uh there's this (laughs) but there's (laughs) you're you're what i you're what i call a contrary indicator but anyway (laughs) a lot of people if i can be any indicator at all that's my goal the uh definitely i'm wrong all the time but man it is fun there's no other business in the world is there than the markets no, there really isn't. I, I have a question for you. Yes, and, sir. And you, you might know the answer to this. I, I went yes, sir, into Peter. Charles Schwab today. Because, you went uh, in there? They don't expect that, I, even I, though they I, have places. I, I know. I actually went to the office. It was filled with geezers. Oh, my. No one was wearing them. You should have walked in there and just sneezed. You should have walked in there and just sneezed all over everybody. One, one guy brought in his own power of attorney woman. With oh, him. my he Lord. Must have been all That's a show. Out. That's a show. She, the guy was like 80 years old. He had this woman. Yeah, band aids like, everywhere. Yeah, band aids everywhere. And he had this old. He had this fat woman with him, and and um and and she was his personal notary oh, because he had to get these things notarized. I, I suppose he was taking all his money out and and getting a cashier's check to put on his mattress or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Is this I, a La Jolla Schwab? Yeah, the oh, lawyer swap. I mean, I was just, we got to stake that place person. out. I was the youngest person in there. 
And so I, you know, finally, I, I meet my advisor who'd been calling me for three years and I just never took his calls. Oh my and, God. Uh, I, you know, but he was assigned to me by Charles Schwab. And so I go, I, you know, I, I, go in, so I, I don't know who the guy is. And the receptionist told me who he was. And so he took me into his office. And so I said to him, uh, look, Right now I'm on DEFCON one, and it goes all the way up to DEFCON four. So I, I just I just want to understand um, is my cash safe? Oh, no, yeah. Well, how the cash is being held, and in the event that Charles Schwab has as a situation, I mean, am I safer to be in a in a money fund or in, in cash, actual cash? Uh-huh. And you know, he didn't know. And you know he he had a, he had to look he had to check things and and um, eventually he told me that I was probably not that safe in cash because huh. in the event the event that they have a um, a bankruptcy or something that cash is a um, a liability that I have with Charles Schwab and so it's really not my cash so the best thing that you could do is buy treasuries or which is, and that, yeah, which is yeah, what people I, I do. never really realized. I never realized it. You could buy you buy treasuries or you buy these um, closed end ETF, not closed end ETFs that are all treasuries or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah. then you have a security in your account that, in the event that they go bankrupt, um, and, and JP Morgan takes them over, let's say, um, all that stuff transfers over, but the yeah. cash doesn't transfer over. Ooh. It is nice to have a friend that paranoid. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good to know. But I swear so, to God, so, so we got to do that, a show from the Schwab office. But that leads, me, in but that leads me to my question to <laughs> cool. you, though. Yeah, well, what was question. your question? Sorry. My question to you is: so the guy pulls up my account, uh-huh. and you know he can see everything that I've done. You know, and he probably uh-huh. you know he, you know he has everybody's account. Right. And Charles, I'm just wondering if Charles Schwab has some you know special bunker room somewhere in Omaha or something where. They look at everybody's accounts and they grade the people on how well they do. And then they and then they have this proprietary trading group that actually gets ideas from their from their best and worst clients about what to buy and what to sell. Oh, they have I to mean, have a moosh. They have to have a moosh room and a and a smart room for sure. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, do be. you think do you think they have something like that where they Let's have hope. a proprietary trading group? Because that information has got to be worth a shit ton. Well, investors business daily for decades, which I think is probably, he's probably one of the best money managers, you know, Bill O'Neill has always yeah. run his own. He had the newspaper and he ran the trading shop on top. It was one of the greatest scams of all time. And and uh-huh. by scam, I mean, not a scam, just genius. Right, right, he, right. He had the relative straight, he had all the data and then he traded and he's publishing yeah. his hundred relative strength stocks on Friday, but he could already have a position in them going into the week. Oh, so that's yeah, a that, that's a whole other level of genius. Yeah. Genius. And but I, I, I would think though that that Schwab could be able to, you know, electronically screen all their, you know, high frequency traders and determine who's doing well, who's doing not, and 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 then and then they could kind of like piggyback along with the people that they like, or or somehow right. use the information in another way. I I, I don't know, but it, I don't know, seems- but this is what's waiting people in retirement. Everybody, this is a lesson in what happens when you retire. You go from worrying about yeah. the end of the world to uh, wandering over to the Schwab place in La Jolla. So I think <laughs> I think you have arrived. <laughs> I think that's I've a Friday in La Jolla. 
The, Actually, it was pretty. It was pretty comfy in there. You know, they had they, they had a giant TV. Did they have food? And, 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 no, they had some, they had candy, but they had they had a they had a giant TV and um, you know a nice comfortable sofa with the Wall Street Journal and uh, you know Surprise? I had my my phone and I had all my all my you know stocks and everything and I, I even asked them, well, can I hang out here? You know, can I come in? <laughs> All the time. Can you make it bring in coffee and coffee shop right across the street? Oh my they god! Should, they should kind of do that, like a sports betting part. Well, that's what something. I wanted to set up. It's just like a stock twits club, like a gentleman's club, where yeah. you know, it's just you know, it's, it's just a place where, all, where guys can hang and talk about money or you panic. Could have a, like a, a cigar room. I think the name of the club would be Panic. That would be yeah, the code that, word. That would be the, the Panic, the panic Room. The Panic the Room. Pa- the panic right, room. We're on to something. All right. That's beautiful. All right, no, Pete, you're in great. on that. How much you I'm went? Fifty k. Fifty k. Yeah. All right. The uh, the uh, well, you guys. This has been a treat. You've got. Uh, I'm, I've uh, we've talked about panic. That Mark Rich stuff, man. You got a thousand stories. If you lived here next, then you could be on our show every day. If you were my sidekick, <laughs> I would do. It. You're the only person. If you were here, because you have nothing to do. So I appreciate that because I almost have nothing to do. Is, yeah. I think we'd we'd be bigger than Joe Rogan. You sit next to me every day, but maybe when you oh. move, maybe if taxes just if she can get the Pelosi can get those taxes up another ten percent, you'll be a neighbor of mine here in Phoenix. That's that, that, that's what do you think possible. the number is? Ten percent more? Uh yeah, something right around there. I think would be would would, would get me pissed off enough to leave. All right, but uh, but uh, you, you know, what are these sports? guys that have these radio talk shows that that's what you should do take over one of those and start making it a stock talk you know because you get all these sports radio and sports is bigger than finance so sports is bigger than finance not now because there is no sports oh right now i agree look at the time and that's why i got all these great guests to come on the show and uh hopefully this panic subsides i don't know what's your best guess well, looking at the way China is starting to come out of it now, and people are working, people, uh, I, I think I told you the other day that this uh, uh, reporter that lives in Beijing saw the first people walking around without masks in, in Beijing mm-hmm. and saw the first traffic jam he saw in like six weeks. So I think, I think that, you know, we're in through, we have to endure a six to eight week period, but I think that we're already in week three of it and we didn't even know we were in week, you know. Right, because the infection's out there. We'll find out who's got it. it, The infection's been out there since early February in the United States, I think, maybe even late January. It's only now we're becoming aware of it and that's why the panic is setting in. You know, before you were sick and you were sick, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, all the best. Don't cough. Yep. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Are you going to team up at all this weekend? Um, if, if it stops raining, I mean, it's really been miserable weather here. All right. Well, uh, we'll right. talk. We'll talk soon. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye bye. Take bye. care, Peter. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. I mean, literally the Larry David of La Jolla. I mean, nothing happens. Literally nothing. He's happens. a crack up that guy. Crack up. He has the best laugh in yeah. retirement. All right, everybody, that was Panic with Friends with great trader, uh, commodities trader and friend, uh, Peter Cardassus. Uh, I'm going to take the weekend off. Canute, you're not. We'll do some editing tomorrow. All right, and we'll see everybody next week.